you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Starring the old Zeuser and Dan Zeus. Also Greg and Mark. Ah, the checks in the mail, money. Welcome to another edition of Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis in a virtual room filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. It's in the books. The 2022 NFL Draft season is at an all-time high. Your team is better. Maybe. But right now, certainly, it's easy to talk yourself into it. Greggy, how did you feel about a, a draft that was very unlike past drafts? In fact, we got into round three with only one quarterback off the board, uh, one in the first 67 picks. And that, to me, when you look back in five years beyond the players that are going to jump out here, is how different this was from other drafts that are QB mad. Right. Like I, I thought of that EJ Manuel draft, but then, you know, you have quarterbacks coming in the second round, guys who ended up be, being like longtime starters. And this one to go deep into the third round, I think it had like a lot of day two juice, a lot of receivers we knew, the quarterbacks falling, like again, kind of continuing Thursday's theme that like this draft didn't have a lot of great storylines going into it. It kind of delivered for the first couple of days. And then day three is always going to be um, just punching the clock until I can see you guys. Yeah, day, th- day three is a chore. But it's it's interesting to me that like there there was this initial reaction to the quarterbacks, you know, months ago that the class is weak. And because there's such a long uh, buildup until the actual process of the draft, it swung back around where uh, you know, actually, people are being too tough on this QB class. Like, there are some players in here that can really play. I mean, statistically, if you draft a quarterback outside of round one, I mean, it's pretty grim. And there's a couple of teams now that are, you know, in theory, clinging to the concept that some of these guys in the later rounds could be their QBs of the future. History tells us that's, that probably won't be the case. It was sort of um, a self-fulfilling prophecy, though, because there's not many teams with needs. I think that's right, maybe where we got right. a little lost. There was It like was two, a good year to not have a great QB class in, in the right. sense that there weren't 12 teams, you know, dying for someone. 
So we'll get into, you know, some of those quarterbacks that did, because even that 2013 class that you mentioned, Greg, I believe 12 quarterbacks came off the board. I think this draft, it was only six or seven in that range. Oh, yeah. Uh, including Mr. Irrelevant, which, by the way, Mark, still here. I was wondering if this would be the year that that moniker would fade away, but it's still here. It, it feels um, in an era of, you know, everyone must be celebrated and everyone is important uh, that it would have slipped away. But I, I actually thought of you when that pick was made because for years you were the designated Mr. Irrelevant post. And I think you even followed it up covering the ceremony and other, uh, you know, <laughs> side sideshows. All you wanted to do. No, I never went to the parade. Well, I don't mean that you went to it, but you, yeah. you penned an article, you know, but from your cube. Those years, those early years at Radio City Music Hall with this company, you would have to wait until 2.56. <laughs> and then the old man, he would shuffle out and then they'd do the whole ceremony. And then uh, I would be write the 200 word banger on the guy that probably won't make it out of the second week of training camp. Um, <laughs> we'll hope this is, hopefully this is different for. Uh, Brock Purdy, quarterback out of Iowa State, who was round seven, pick 262. DJ called him competitive, competitive, competitive. But let's talk about the other 261 picks. Not all of them, of course, but we'll also do it in our own ATN way, which is, you know, who are the winners and losers? Players, teams, what have you connected to the draft? We also have to uh, check in on our go get my lunch props, uh, where I think I did as well as my New York Jets this year. But I have not checked yet, but I'm looking forward Ooh. to it. And also, of course, this is the final. It's a Dan Hansis shout out. Thank you, Paul Rudd. This is the <laughs> final episode with Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Ricky, are you ready? This is it. I I'm, mean, there's... I'm not. I'm really sad. You know, our former boss, Mark Brady, um, just sent me a text about three minutes ago and said, have a great final show. Be present in the moment. We are all grateful for you. Oh, he's really? a great man, Mark. Oh, Brady. my gosh. Oh, and we I'm are not. grateful for you. And we'll we'll talk about that at the bottom of the show. But uh, yes, uh, our last go around with Ricky. Let's make Marrying it count. me in the F block. All right, let's go. <laughs> well, we gave you a little like back end of the A block. Yeah. tease there. Okay, cool. Heading into the bump. Mm-hmm. And now we're get, yeah, well, you're buried in the F's. Yeah, but okay, it's okay. Keeps, there's a subset of people that are only listening for the Erica update and it keeps right. them here right. through the, or at least right. the, the rest of the people the like we're going to get the Trey McBride analysis first. So yeah, just perfect. keep priorities <laughs> in order. Let's do a round of winners, because uh, like I said, this is an optimistic time on the NFL calendar. So let's not get negative right away. Let's be positive. Greg, who's a big winner uh, out of the 2022 NFL draft? The Bills come to mind, partly because they took the guy in James Cook in the second round that I thought the NFL was overthinking almost more than any player that that I happened to look at closely. Because when I saw James Cook, who's Dalvin Cook's brother, and everyone was like, well, he's Dalvin. He's like 85 percent of Dalvin Cook, which, by the way, like that sounds awesome Uh, when he moves. I bet he I bet he doesn't agree with that. But, yeah, that's the outsider convention. Yeah. Plus, he's like literally 85% because he's 25, he's like 20 pounds less. And so that's like oh, the concern. <laughs> he's, he's a smaller, but I think people were saying he was kind of the poor man's guy. But I watch him in the way he moves, like everyone's overthinking it. He moves exactly like Dalvin Cook. He moves like an NFL running back. He can move in tight spaces, the lateral quickness, and he's awesome on third down. And the fact that they didn't take Brees Hall in the first round uh, and they got a guy at the end of the second round and James Cook that I think is going to really improve Josh Allen's completion percentage. They had two of the lowest ranked running backs by PFF on passing downs. 
uh, in the NFL last year in Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. And so it's such a cu- huge upgrade there. I like Kyrie Ilham. I trust Sean McDermott to develop uh, cornerbacks. They haven't taken one that high since they did it with Tredavious White back in the first round uh, in 2017 in Sean McDermott's first draft. So just those like one, two uh, pieces to me, like those are going to go right into the starting lineup. It's the team that I think is the Super Bowl favorite. And when I saw that Cook uh, pick, I was just like, he's going to be underrated in fantasy drafts. Even if people are kind of on him, he's the guy that I'm going to want if I'm in those drafts because I think he's going to get 65, 70 catches. I think it's it's bad news for Zach Moss, who was a a, a favorite of some draft Knicks. Um, Duke Johnson's on the roster too. But I, you know, we were we were people, you know, doing their mocks and all that stuff. We were right that the Bulls the Bills needed a running back. But Dan, you, I think you ultimately won sandwiches on the fact that they would not go there in round one as they didn't, but they got their guy later on. And it makes sense too, because like like we're saying, there's very few organizations that are run better right now than the Bills. So trust your scouting, trust the process. Fill out that defense and that secondary a little bit and then go get Cook because you, you've read the draft the right way. You're just really in good hands um, right now if you're a Bills fan. You're also in good hands, by the way. Another winner since this is adjacent to the Bills. Uh, Kyle Brandt, you know, friend of the right. show. Yeah. Uh, who uh, NFL Network good guy. Kyle Brandt has no... Kyle has no excuse being such a good guy because, you know, he because he's so talented and handsome and everything, he could he could have been a jerk. But instead, he's like a really nice guy. So when I see him doing well and doing things like he did at the draft this weekend, I'm like, all right, he did it. Dan, Greg, all the guys. (laughs) Thanks, Kyle. Let's check out him announcing the Bills third round pick. Good evening, Las Vegas. Good evening, my brothers and sisters on the NFL Network. And good evening, Western New York. I find it perfect that the Bills are drafting in this city of luck, of chance, because you all know, and I know, the only thing in this world that can stop Josh Allen is the flip of a coin. So Mafia, mount up, (laughs) and every other fan base, listen up. Chiefs fans, Raiders fans, Bengals fans, in my hands, I hold the most important pick of this entire round because this pick is the only pick who will win the Super Bowl in his rookie year. With the 89th pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, the Super Bowl 57 champion Buffalo Bills select my man. Terrell Bernard, linebacker, Baylor. <laughs> Should be noted that Kyle is wearing Zubas during that. Uh, Bill Zubas, and he takes a big chomp out of a buffalo wing as uh, he does a Ric Flair woo and heads mm. off the stage. Sometimes you know if you're a man of a certain age uh, or woman uh, who watched wrestling growing up in the 80s and 90s. Kyle Brandt's one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you a really quick little Kyle Brandt thing that... Sure. I didn't really know him that when this happened, but we had one of our media summits. Um, it was probably four years ago in June or something. And, and you're sitting in these conference rooms all day long. And I moved to the back of the conference room at one point just to stand up. And I was by myself. And I saw Kyle Brandt from like long range away, look back and see that I was there. And he got up just to in the quiet while someone was giving some absurd speech to come back and talk to me for just two or three minutes. And it was like, you don't have to do that. Like no one Man, needs to do Greg, that. All the guys. I, so I, that Dan and Greg and all the guys thing, I I forgive him that because I don't even think Great he was anecdote, trying to be Mark. a jerk. 
um, he's a good dude. And uh, oh, I, I forgot. Awesome. I mean, plus they're the now the Bills are like the type of team that gets pop from Kyle Brandt. Like, can you imagine that six years well, ago? That, like, they were not I, that team. I forgot that while I was doing my Bills rundown, they also took the punt god, who I was kind of gonna make whoever took the punt god a winner. And it's right. like this, these are like luxury picks you can make. You can take your third third down running back in the second round, and then you got the punt god Matt Ariza. Seriously, like that is going to improve their team. I think more than than people would expect to suddenly go from a pretty average punting situation or poor to the punt god. That's and we'll get into that a little bit later because guys that use their feet to make money in the NFL uh, to kick oblong balls uh, really stood out in this draft as well. How about a winner from you, Mark Sessler? For me, I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to hang off New York for a minute, but for both teams, I think there's a lot to get to there, but I, it's the Eagles. I thought, number one, you pull off the trade for A.J. Brown, which completely changes uh, what you can do on offense. You add him to last year's draft pick, Devonta Smith, who is fascinating, and you've got Quez Watkins. Um, Jalen Rager might be out the door there, but they have legit wide receiver weaponry and power now and AJ Brown is a dominant game changer that somehow you know Howie Roseman pulls off these stunners and he got this thing done you didn't hear them connected over and over it just happened and then they go get Jordan Davis who you know I may not be like I don't think Jordan Davis fits in a lot of defenses in 2022 but I do think he'll fit well with the Eagles I mean it's like kind of who they are and how they run that show and he's a he's a good fit for them and then at 83 they went and got N'Kobe Dean which was like that guy slid it, his the value there was great so I think if you're the Eagles and that's an, and that's becoming a bit of a nasty division because the Giants seem like they finally have real direction they kind of remind me of the Bills for obvious reasons you got the Cowboys but the Eagles are not a team that's going to fade. I think they're growing in power and it's going to be real interesting to see how they, the read and what Jalen Hurts can accomplish in that offense with that new weapon in A.J. Brown. I totally agree with you. That was going to be my first winner as well. Um, they're they're well run and you're seeing that with Jalen Hurts. He's on a four-year, $6 million contract. So they are a team that absolutely should be and have been now aggressive to build up around Hertz as long as they see him as the future. And they seem to, at least right now, because they invest in a number one wide receiver in a, a very smart trade to get an A.J. Brown. You're able then give him the $100 million contract extension because you can, because of the quarterback situation. You don't target quarterbacks in this draft, so you kind of clear the runway here for Hertz. And in general, like, yeah, and I don't know if we hit on this or maybe we did, but in passing on Thursday night from Vegas. But we know the Eagles track record with wide receivers and drafting uh, Nelson Aguilar in 2015, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Jalen Rager. So go do it this way. Bring in a guy that you know is a stud. They did a better job last year um, uh, with Devonta Smith. You got Dallas Goddard there. And... I just believe that this team is set up very well. Nicobe Dean, now we're hearing things about the, the chest injury and teams were scared by the medical that think he's going to need surgery to miss the year. All right, but you also hear that he's off the charts in terms of his uh, measurables and his explosiveness on the field and he could be a real difference maker. So that's well worth um, the re- well worth the chance there. So and they said he'll play. They they said they expect him. Yeah. They they, they and he said he said mini he's camp. fully healthy. He expects to be ready for mini camp. And his quote was, "Things that were not true cost me a lot of money." So there's two sides mm. to the story. His is that uh, he's healthy and ready to make an impact. And when you look at the NFC East, I think you're right about the Giants. They finally had 
um, something to be happy about. That was a great first round of this draft, uh, but they're a couple years away. Uh, the Cowboys, you never know with the Cowboys, obviously. Didn't have Washington, a good offseason overall. Yeah, Washington no. is kind of a mess. And then you have the Eagles who seem like they're going to be a very buzzy, trendy pick to win the NFC East. And I buy into it. I think they're going to be right there. And one it, little thing with the Eagles, because one of the reasons that Doug Peterson parted ways with them, you know, there was that ownership basically said, we're in a rebuild. And Doug Peterson didn't want that direction necessarily. And they wanted someone that did. He was pissed off and, you know, he's in a new place, but that wasn't five years ago. Like some teams, when you rebuild, it's like, welcome to a year 13 of the 77 year rebuilding plan. They the made Eagles, the playoffs. Right. That, their rebuild is they were a low level wildcard team. And this year they're very much a hot property. And they also think ahead really well. The second round pick Cam Jurgens, is, is basically a guy for Jason Kelsey to mentor for a year. Kelsey mentioned he's a character and he's a, a student of the game that that he thought Jurgens was one of his favorite center prospects that come out in three to five years he's kind of like a, a wannabe Kelsey and so okay you have this idea that money and anal- their analytics and they're they're as anal- analytically driven as any team tells them to get huge men like they take linemen and I know I know Jurgens is small for a center, the old Mark but, Sessler uh, center okay <laughs> right. yes like, absolutely like defensive linemen like Jordan Davis but also offensive linemen and then they also got an interesting quarterback prospect oh, yeah. as an undrafted free agent MJD's guy Carson Strong which uh, at least some people liked as the fifth or sixth quarterback in this class he ended up going undrafted because people believe he has a, a degenerative knee which is obviously a concern but they took a Oof. couple big swings uh, and maybe he ends up being like a long term backup there um, I'll throw out another winner here and Graver jump on here because you could use this. The Titans were not a, a winner in night one, it's, uh, but you know what? I thought they were a winner after two and three. Not overall. I still think on balance it's not a great, but I'm just saying they were a winner after Thursday night, okay? Because the Malik Willis move was something that we talked about heading into Thursday that made a lot of sense for the Titans to hang back a little bit and then get that quarterback that they could develop behind the scenes and eventually replace Ryan Tannehill, who's sneaky getting up there in age. He's only got two years left on his deal. He is who he is at this point. And yet I don't think many Titans fans, maybe Graver, you disagree or whatever, but um, thought that that guy would be Malik Willis because we thought that that player would probably be taken by this point, and we know how the quarterback situation played out in this draft. So now you got Malik Willis in the building. Tannehill is still going to be the starter, but you have someone there that can potentially juice the offense and the organization as a whole if he takes hold as a prospect. So you could then spin that. Okay, so they had a smart move there. And then you look at the A.J. Brown move and you're like, okay, were they being a little cheap or did they just not set up the team the right way? Maybe. But in the the pick that they used, Burks, to replace A.J. Brown, trust your ability to develop him and then you're going to have that flexibility financially down the line to strike in a different way. So I thought the Malik Willis addition was a way that salvaged the draft uh, weekend in some ways for the Titans. Your thoughts? Great. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked for Malik Willis. I think he has so much upside. And with the AJ Brown stuff, it's weird because when they when you hear John Robinson and Mike Vrabel talk about the situation, it's like they just seemed so far apart. And there's a lot going around. Like he said, he said, she said, AJ Brown wanted this much. The agents wanted the Titans to offer this AJ, much. AJ said he he would have done it for twenty two a year, and the Titans offered sixteen a year. 
There's that's a lot of far apart. But but there's a lot of like weird math going on with that because some of those averages include the four million dollars sure. he was set to make this year, and some of them don't. And like apparently the agent asked the Titans for eighty million guaranteed, and then cut off communication. And like I don't blame AJ Brown for any of this. It's all the agents trying to get the most for their guy and whatever. But. It is what it is. A.J. Brown's gone. Malik Willis, though, I mean, it's potentially a new era of Titans football, and they actually ended up drafting a running back, a wide receiver, obviously Traylon Burks, a tight end from Maryland, and a tackle. Like, by 2023-2024, when Derrick Henry's moved on and Ryan Tannehill's moved on and Taylor Lewan's moved on, if all these picks hit, which is a huge, huge if, obviously, in the draft, the Titans could have, like, grabbed huge core pieces for an offense moving forward. That's kind of my point that like the headline for this draft and it should be because it was one of the biggest headlines period is that another superstar wide receiver was on the move but there were some signs of optimism to come out of Nashville as well. I would like I had winners losers and I put the Titans in a in a push category because I think Malik Willis is about as spicy as an as a pick they as they could have had coming off the AJ Brown thing but Traylon Burks you're hoping he can be some version of A.J. Brown. Uh, you're hoping these other pieces are there, but they're suddenly a team in transition because we're looking beyond Derrick Henry. We're looking beyond Ryan Tannehill. So it's a mystery land. I mean, it's not a sure thing. Right, and they, they only believe in Malik Willis so much. He was their fourth pick. He was their second, third-round pick. Um, they did trade and, up for him. Yeah, they, they traded up at that point once he was still there at 86. But they, you know, they valued Nicholas Petit Frere, uh, the tackle from Ohio State, which sounds like a name that Mark made up, um, <laughs> just like in general. <laughs> they, they valued him a lot higher. You know, they took him 16 spots before. So it was partly circumstance. I love Willis's upside. It was interesting. You know, I felt really bad for him and for Ritter. You really saw on the coverage on Friday night that, these guys are used as content, essentially, um, by, by us, by the TV networks over the last three months. And that's like part of the price of playing quarterback. But really, they were used in a way that was, was probably unfair to those two guys. Like, they, they have a lot on their shoulders that, like, Nicholas Petit Friere, who went 16 picks uh, above them and, and probably got to enjoy that night in a different way, um, don't have. And they were, they were disappointed. I mean, Ritter... Ritter looked determined, like he was part happy, part part pissed. And Malik Willis, you could tell the the emotional um, journey he must have been on watching that whole draft pick by pick, where at pick number two, he thought he had a chance uh, to go maybe, that like an outside chance, and he was waiting all the way to 86. And I don't I, think any, anyone's a bad guy for it, but it's just yeah. part of the deal, right? I don't like, I don't, I don't buy into the take there, personally. Cause What's the take? That, that, that like, they let's feel bad for the quarterbacks care. that got used. I'm not it's, saying I feel bad. I'm saying they go through a lot more ultimately, and they're carrying a lot of the coverage in a way that other players but it goes the other way, to, too, is my point. that's the bad side of it. The yeah. quarterback also gets a disproportionate, disproportionate amount of the praise when things go well. And, yeah, maybe they got used by the draft industrial complex and then mean, ultimately were not valued on, on the early part of the draft. But also, you know, that – being speculated and being talked about, maybe that put the, that could put some players on the radar of a team that that weren't studying a player as much when the process plays out. I I think it cuts both just ways. Just imagine, I guess, like imagine if they were your buddies. I mean, they're just like humans. They're going they're going through a lot that's that's unique. Well, and I and I don't Rogers. think it quite existed twenty years ago. Like but Aaron Rodgers is it, like you you saw the look on his face. We've seen that a thousand times. Right, I mean, and I just think in in twenty twenty two with social media. 
and everything. It, it's a little different getting dropped to the third round where you're like, you, you basically were an afterthought. And, it, and uh, I, I also disagree with the idea that this was a good situation for Willis, which I've seen said a lot. Like, Titans, good organization. He's not going to have to play right away. I get that, but it's like the offensive line is terrible. They just lost A.J. Brown. If I was coming up with a big loser list, like Tannehill was a loser this yeah. weekend because he lost A.J. Brown, and they still got a lot of needs there. So m- maybe it works out for Willis. I like the coaching staff in the organization, but uh, it, it's not like he has an easy situation. That's also Can I tell you one thing I'm not buying at all yeah. is this idea that Ryan Tannehill's going to, you know, quietly tutor and nestle Malik Willis all season. If they get out to a one and three start <laughs> and his play is chaotic, Malik Willis is not, is the kind of person that again, the media and everyone in Nashville is going to say, we need to see him now because if their offensive line is giving Ryan Tannehill fits and he's mobile, but you, Malik Willis is going to be a dazzling guy on the ground who can escape trouble. I think there's going to be an outcry for him the minute they hit stormy waters. Interesting take, Greg. It's what? quarterback is the most high profile position in the most popular sport in the country. And there's just a lot that goes with being a quarterback, even in high school, the big man on campus. Like there's just a, there's pressure and there's scrutiny that that position invites more than any other position in any realm outside of like, you know, golf or tennis or single sports like that. It's just, it's 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 a it's a tough gig and you got to be tough. You have right. to be mentally all I'm, tough. All I'm to saying it. is, how could you not feel just like the human humanity? Because like here's a kid oh, from I feel Liberty the humanity, who he had to like I, I, he had to transfer just to go to Liberty because he because basically his college career wasn't working out and normally it'd be this joyous thing and you just feel you just feel like the the weight of what the last few months are on him. Well, no one predicted he would dip as far as he did. I, I get what Greg is saying, that it's not like yeah, he Yeah, I'm from... just saying, like, none of those other guys are leading NFL Network day after day. If, right. that, if you don't think that could have impact, like, a 20-year-old 20 20-year-old kid's just sort of outlook, and, and it's just a lot. That's all. It didn't help. It's Remember unique. Gino Smith going to round two, and was he in, like, his little <laughs> turtleneck and looked furious? So. Gino is the best uh, quarterback out of that 2013 class, though, right now. I mean, what what a class. Yikes. Uh, he I mean, is if that's what you're clinging he, to at this point, Greg, you're you're in, you're highly desperate. Mike Gladden's like, hey, wore, what about me? I had that run in Tampa. I was like, nope, sorry, Mike. I think what Gino kind of quarterback wore, marches out in a turtleneck, by the way? I think that was that was a problem right there. I don't know if game. it was a turtleneck. It might have well, been a classy like sweater of some kind, yeah. as I recall. He had to be convinced to come back. He wasn't even going to come back for <laughs> right. day two. I remember that. We covered that. Um, all right. That kind right. of proves Willis, Greg's Willis point, wasn't by the way. there. Yeah, I don't think... Where where was Will? It was confusing. He was there. He was in Vegas somewhere, but I don't think he was at the draft still. All right. Did Was that your loser, Greg? Did you... Does that count as a loser? Or what no, was let's that? go another... Let's do winner. I mean, it is... You want to do another winner? Let's do another go ahead. winner. I'll do... Um, I'll do a quick one, which is just like Kyler Murray. Um Getting his boy Marquise Brown, we learned more about that story that Marquise Brown had asked for the trade way back in February. These guys are uh, are close, not just teammates, but close friends. Uh, we're hoping that would happen. I just think like it it kind of shows who's wearing the pants there. Like they went and got Kyler Murray's friend basically <laughs> to like make the situation better. I just think like okay, you you have this little you have this stance and everything's calmed down and they're kind of doing what they can to make you happy. And oh, by the way, with our first pick, we're also going to take Trey McBride, um, tight end out of Colorado State, who probably has like the most physical gifts uh, of any of the tight ends in this class. So it's just kind of like, okay, we're going to try to help out Kyler as much as we can something, and something make him feel comfortable. Something certainly changed, it seemed, in that uh, when we were doing the report on 
when that tweet storm came out, uh, something uh, happened at Arizona, and all of a sudden he's like, "I, I'm not going anywhere until I'm winning a ring in Arizona." And then the GM, I believe, came out with a statement. So, yeah, some fences were mended, but at the same time, it still lingers because the contract has not been rectified yet. At least on the on the public side of things, we don't know. Maybe there's been some positive advancements behind the scenes. Yeah, it was just a little quickie one. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, how about another one, Mark? Uh, I would go with the Steelers. Now, I, I think this there's a, there's a big if here because it, it requires Kenny Pickett to uh, be more than just an adequate uh, patch to the next quarterback. But if he works, it, it seems like, you know, he's someone that you could, he'll start week one if he's going to win the battle. And you, in theory, if it works, it's a great story because obviously, you know, he's practicing where the Steelers practiced through his whole college career. It's the, I think there was probably some, there's narrative around, you know, they passed on Dan Marino generations ago. They didn't this time. But <laughs> on top of that, um, Kevin Colbert, I think, you know, we've known that he is among all the GMs for all these Friend guys that the cannot show. hit wide receivers, he keeps sitting on wide receivers. And to get George Pickens at number 52, and then they got Calvin Austin, who had a 4-3-2-40 at the Combine. They've restocked at that position, and they're a different offense right now if these things work. But it's, it's it, the, something about the Steelers, it's like they've had you know four, three coaches, uh, you know, they're so consistent. They've had like four quarterbacks in the last 400 years. Like maybe Pickett, if he flies, this thing is the Steelers are, are out of the mud. We're in lockstep here, Cecily, because that was going to be my next winner as well. I had Kenny Pickett specifically as a winner because he's he's joining a Tiffany franchise. Like you said, he's been practicing in the same facility uh, in his college years for years. That team knows him like nobody else knows him. And then you have the situation 
with that depth chart and Mitch Trubisky. And we all know what Mitch Trubisky is at this point. I think there's a lot of smoke about Mitch Trubisky maybe having this like second chapter to his career where he takes off. But I think the more likely scenario is he's going to struggle to win this camp job. And you know what? Mike Tomlin kind of backed up that thought process when they asked him about it. Yeah, he certainly has a chance. And I agree with that sentiment that of his readiness from a professional perspective. We felt he came ready-made in those ways, and hopefully that's an asset to him in terms of being able to compete and being being ready um, if performance dictates. They, they like him. They, it's very clear that this, and obviously they like him. I mean, they drafted him in the first round, but they, I think they think very highly of him in a, in a way that's going to lead to a legitimate chance to win this job right out the gate. I totally agree. They, that interview convinced me more than anything. I mean, he is, he's about to turn 24. And I, I think that's part of the reason they took him is they see him as a guy who can play for them so that they can go win games this year. It really sounded like that in that, in that, um, in that interview. And then George Pickens was the guy, that, to me, that it was like Colbert playing all his hits. I'm going to wait for my quarterback yes. to fall to me. I'm going to take the talented... Uh, receiver with off-field issues that falls too far or weird questions like Chase Claypool wasn't an off-field guy but people just almost didn't know what to do with him because of a position uh and you take him late in the second Mike Wallace Martavis Bryant Antonio Brown Emmanuel Sanders was a clean prospect as a third round pick but like all these guys in the second and third round and he's nailed them and when I watched them all I thought Pickens is the most talented receiver in this class and and DJ told me the the off-field stuff with his attitude and stuff completely took him off a lot of teams boards and that was like a huge question but this is where if you have a guy like Mike Tomlin and you run a great organization maybe you're counting on that to help develop this guy because he looks like a number one I would be afraid if I was uh, AFC North cornerbacks against him yeah watch him be the most productive wide receiver out of any of these guys Uh, they just had their track record is so proven but of course for that to happen these things are all in tandem they need to figure out the quarterback situation we shall see if the kid can play the guitar. Um, another winner. Listen, I'll try not to dwell on it because everyone else has been talking about it and you don't need to hear me talking about the Jets all the time, but the Jets had a big draft and Zach Wilson was the big winner. And if you want to look at so many, there's a lot of reasons why Sam Darnold hasn't been a successful pro and a lot of that is on him and he's going to maybe get one last chance to prove himself this year. Maybe he doesn't as a starter, but one of the big reasons he was set back was bad coaching and a bad supporting cast and a major fall, uh, failure by Big Mac, Mike McCagnan, uh, to build up an offense around him in his early years. And they've done the opposite with Zach Wilson. Uh, we know they went and got... Uh, Vera Tucker with him in the draft class last year, which he profiles as a potential Pro Bowl guard. And then, you know, they go and get a big time uh, wide receiver potentially here um, at Ohio State, Wilson. Then you come back and you trade up in the third round, second round, and you get the guy that everyone thinks has a chance to be the best running back in this class, um, Brees Hall. So I, I just think that when you look at Bryce Hall, when you get the chance to Look at what they have now uh, in their uh, starting offense. It's pretty good. You're going to have Michael Carter, who was a very promising running back last year, teamed with Hall in the backfield, running a scheme 
uh, Shanahan scheme that is going to play to their strengths. They're going to be a good duo if they stay healthy. Wilson, Elijah Moore, who's under the radar a little bit, is a guy I think could have a huge breakout season in year two if he stays healthy. Corey Davis, who's their big body on the outside. They completely redid their tight end room with Uzama uh, and uh and they also drafted another tight end in day three. The offensive line is in good shape. It's all there. And I think that's there's going to be some built-in pressure once again. The quarterback is always going to be the lights shining on the quarterback more than any other player. And I think what's going to happen here is the Jets now have built a, a core on offense for, for sure and maybe on defense now where they need results after 11 years outside the playoffs. And I think if Wilson doesn't take that step, I could see them acting aggressively uh, to move on next year. I think I hmm. think they're going to be looking at this situation as if he fails this year, they're going to say, oh, we're a quarterback away from being a playoff team again. So he needs to step up. I feel good about it. I'm wearing a Zach Wilson is good t-shirt right now. So that should tell you <laughs> that I'm part of a movement underground amongst Jets Nation. Uh, but he's got to do it. He's got to take advantage of what is a really nice bounty uh, for him right now. I like that you're uh, you're doing the, the manifestation here. Shirt. You're manifesting the concept that Zach Wilson can play, and we were talking about that as we were walking through the Bellagio after our, our round one show. That today, like, Saturday is a full moon, Mark, and you know about this. Like it's a full, real big new moon. So today, if you do want to manifest anything, today's the day, Saturday. Mm. You're so. turning into a crazy old cat lady, and I, yeah, I know it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd with you. Like I think I can't. I'm trying to imagine during our, the time that we've done this show because there hasn't been really. You have to go back to Rex Ryan's opening press conference where a 48 hour period um, had such a positive effect on the concept of what the Jets are. Because now you're hearing like competent, organized, finding value, cohesiveness, and like the roster is changing. I mean, it's been all those things have been attached to other teams, every other team in other sports and in the NFL, other than the New York Jets. They've had their free agency moments. There is certainly excitement about Darnold coming into year two, but this is the best looking roster as a whole. I think the defense is actually ahead of the offense, Dan, and maybe that's just because we haven't seen it with the quarterback. To me, the defense is rock solid. Like, I love that defensive line. You add in Johnson, who I, to me feels like a, a safe, if nothing else, pick. They said they would have taken him at 10 if Wilson wasn't there. Uh, you have Carl Lawson coming back, Quinn and Williams, Sheldon Rankins, John Franklin Myers. Like, that is a good group. Really, there's not huge holes on this roster other than quarterback. And you got to see the O-line actually do it. Um, Zach Wilson's just got to prove it. But I, I just, I'm, I'm with you. I think they had an awesome, uh, an awesome Becton's weekend. Becton's got to prove not, it, too. Right. Wilson and Becton... Uh, they made a they made an and I know they took a lineman later in the draft, but if Mackay Becton uh, reports to the team, which he hasn't done yet, and is in shape and is motivated, uh, that changes that offensive line. If he doesn't, that could set up Zach Wilson for struggles as well. So I'll I'll just leave it at this: two things. One, um, when I left the hotel at the Bellagio yesterday, and I had this like ratty uh, gym hat, this Jets hat in my bag, and I put it on. And then I was walking through the lobby and I was like, I was walking through the lobby with pride. All the, all the, all the fan bases around, uh, I was like in their jerseys and everything. And I was like, yeah, I'm wearing this Jets hat. And yeah, you could mock me. I don't care. You, oh, this is when the Jets win their Super Bowl. Fine, whatever. But, but people don't understand there's been so many years where the Jets have also dropped the ball here in this month, in this draft. 
uh, in this setting, and it didn't happen this year. In fact, the number two headline on ESPN.com earlier this afternoon read, New York Jets brass downplays unfamiliar praise for NFL draft class. So Ooh, it's a see. weird feeling. It's a fun feeling, and it's one where you're really excited about what can happen mm. here. So much hinges on whether Zach Wilson right. is good. Because he That's was what, like he so was an much. especially bad rookie quarterback, which we dance around a little bit. But it was one of the worst rookie quarterback seasons of the last decade. It wasn't like mid-level rookie struggling. It I was would like, look at the games after he came struggling. back from his injury. I w- the, he ended the season fairly well, week, I, but I, it was really was, bad. Was before one that. of his wor- worst games. But I, I also think. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what I think. I, I think right. you have a lot to be excited about. Cut to Makai Becton on an easy chair uh, with a giant bag of Cool Ranch Doritos weighing 512 <laughs> oh, yeah. pounds. You know. I know what I wanted to ask you, Dan, though. Um, what was Maybe. the answer? <laughs> what was the answer to Sauce Gardner's question to you, which was off mic, unfortunately? Oh, yeah. We didn't but talk a, about that. As he left the, the set, he had an important question for you. He kind of started walking away after a pleasant conversation with him, and he stopped, and he looked he turned and looked at me, but he's like, so who's the bigger Jets fan? You or Rich? <laughs> Rich Eisen. It is a good question. I don't know where, I know Rich is legit. I know Rich is a native New Yorker. He grew up on Long Island and and he's certainly well known within NFL Network as being a, a Jets supporter. I It would be a fun like trivia uh, game. You're, you're, you're as big a, a fan for one team as in terms of especially riding that wave as, as just about anyone I know, uh, along with Mark. I'm but certainly you, more passionate than You guys are in lockstep, though, Dan. Like, he had, a, yeah. he had a very passionate speech on NFL Network yeah. that had I just a lot like, of the leg, table legs that you've just mentioned. So I like when you – I asked – I wanted you to say it because whenever you've um, repeated Sauce Gardner's question, you make him sound like a Sopranos extra for some reason. Like, <laughs> he's already got the Jersey accent. I like it. <laughs> All right. Um uh, Let's do a loser. We, we got to keep it real here. You know, Greg, go ahead. I got a couple. So I'm going to pick the meaner one just because uh, whatever I Mark's going to do mine anyway. So it'll be fine. But I'm right. See I kind of have a like, like, not, not one of ours is probably we probably share one. So I'll skip. I'll skip him. I'm going to go with the Jaguars. I, I know it's lame. But I feel like they got the number one overall pick in the wrong year. After getting in the right year, you know, it was a generational prospect. I mean, a river. You know, Trevor Lawrence. But you got in the wrong year. You got a guy that's like, uh, you could make the argument 15 different guys could have been a better prospect than than Trayvon Walker pretty easily. Uh, and it felt like a, an organization I just don't give the benefit of the doubt. And I, I don't buy into the whole like idea that it's healthy to have disagreements um, when you have a first-year head coach and a GM who's fired about five different coaches and an owner with a history. It just, it just keeps seeming like this is what bad organizations do. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. And then I didn't like the, the, the process of trading back into the first round and giving up a decent amount to, give a, to get a, like a 23-year-old off-ball linebacker. It, it, again, it's like, who knows? Devin Lloyd might be amazing. It comes down to like being right about these players. But, but the Jaguars aren't right too often and most teams when they really believe in something you know they they believe too much in their ability to scout better than other teams and most it's just hard to do that so giving up that much for that uh low octane of a position when you had a guy like miles jack for instance and you just gave 15 million dollars a year to a guy devondre campbell playing a similar position so i didn't love i didn't love it considering they had the one pick well 
I get it. I get that they were just in a tough spot. Like you're saying, this was a bad year to have the first pick. Uh, it was reported after Thursday night that the phone never rang. It never happened. No team ever wanted to be in that pick because it was just the way it was set up. The one case you can make, and this is obviously what they're banking on here, is there was so much talk about smoke about Aiden Hutchinson and whether he was a guy that was a very productive college player and will be a productive pro, but he's not going to be special. Like he's a guy that whatever this means, I don't even know what this means, but it got said a lot. He's already peaked. I don't, what, I don't, he's going into his first year in professional football, but I guess I understand that he's not going to grow as a player. Um, they're say, Trayvon Walker, the understanding is, yes, it's a bit of more of a dart throw, but he if he hits, he could be a superstar. And that's they had to, I guess they just, they're in Vegas and they they played the hand that they were dealt and they're going in big. Yeah, I meant but, to say yeah. Foye Aluakon, by the way. I said Devondre Campbell as the uh, ex-Falcons so linebacker okay. uh, that they that they signed. They went with Balky's dream scenario. Like, oh, that's, that's, that's a total Balky cutout pick right there. And like, you've got to hope that the Jaguars have the right GM. I, I'm not They just did they so do. much this offseason, and yet I don't feel like it's that good of a situation around Lawrence. Like, compare them to the Jets. They're both rebuilding. The Jaguars have had a lot of picks over the last couple of years. They, they would have liked to have more picks this year. I like the situation a lot better around Zach Wilson, for instance, than I do around... I they agree spent with that, like a billion dollars on draft picks over right. the last 10 years. I mean, it's just absurd. I, I agree that Wilson is set up better right now, but I also... I haven't changed my feeling... I think Lawrence is still a huge talent here, and it's going to be interesting to see with him in a professional environment. Like, he might take a big leap this year, and everything changes for them. All right, how about a loser? And, Mark, I'll let you know if it was the one I was going to say. Well, I would go Justin Fields. Um, I oh, it, it's it's not because we just talked about Zach Wilson. We don't we don't know that Zach Wilson can do it, but there's certainly putting him in the best possible position. And you see that in general with rookie quarterbacks. When you get that guy, there should be the push to do everything. The Bears are overtly, uh, you know, taking a step back, a couple steps back to rebuild. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But the problem is you're losing, you know, time on Justin Fields' rookie contract. And I'm not sure with what they did in this draft that we're really in a scenario where we're going to have him make a big step forward based on what they've done in free agency, which is really quiet. Their first two picks today were a cornerback in Kyler Gordon, a safety in Jaquan Brisker. That's fine. I mean, you're, you have a defensive head coach, uh, which I also find slightly problematic when you're attached to the face of the franchise in Justin Fields. They took a wide out in Vilas Jones in the third round out of Tennessee. But in general, if you look at from week 17 until now, very little has happened to really put Justin Fields in a great position for year two. Because we'll say, oh, we just think that Trevor Lawrence can do it. We, we have a lot of faith that Zach Wilson is good. But you don't necessarily feel that around Justin Fields in the situation he's been put in. It's kind of like he's on an island with an offense that didn't grow and a lot of pieces missing on both sides of the ball heading into a rebuild. And it's like, this is not where you want a rookie quarterback to be because you could be in year three or four and not really have an idea of what he is. It's a good one, Mark. It he is. Does. I mean, and an inexperienced yeah. coaching staff. Luke Getze is his offensive corner. This is why you don't waste the rookie <clears throat> year on a coaching staff you're probably going to fire either because uh, now it feels like – you're right. This feels like they're just starting the rebuild, and it's his second year. Right. So we'll see yeah, if he could find a way to Was that yours, Dan? Progress. I hope I – It wasn't. Really, okay, it wasn't. Well, I hadn't even – yeah. The Bears – I remember in the same episode last year, the Bears were a winner – and I can almost remember exactly what either I said. I don't know who one of us said. It was just like the Bears 
finally there's some juice in that building now with Justin Fields there and something to get excited about finally. But you're right, by keeping Nagy, that kind of, uh, I don't know, it just threw some gunk into the machine and then you finally sweep him out and all his cronies and now you're starting over and rebuilding the entire roster. And meanwhile, you know, Ooh. Year two is probably going to be a big time up uphill climb. And then all of a sudden he's in year three and you're like, okay, are we making progress now? It does actually, it feels a little bit of like the, the Darnold path in New York where they had um, first, they had Bowles there at the end and they got rid of him for after a year and then hired the wrong guy in Gase. And all of a sudden it was just like, this whole thing is a mess. Yeah. I so do hopefully like that that's Nagy, not where things are for Chicago. I do like that Matt Nagy has cronies uh, surrounding him. That's <laughs> Well, I, was I with, just looked remember at I was that. with them that one night at the uh, combine. Right. You're right. <laughs> I looked at their depth chart, and I'm gonna be getting that projected starter series underway at some point. Oh, that might that I don't know. Them in Atlanta might be the two worst uh, rosters right now. I think in the league. I think cronies. Uh, it's it's an informal noun, often used in a derogatory sense, but the actual translation or definition is a close friend or companion. Hmm. Yeah, so, I don't think that's how I was how going we're, more towards we, that. The, right, like political henchmen, uh, you know, surrounding like a, an evil <laughs> governor or something, yeah. All right. Um, see, now I don't even want to do this one. You know why? Take the obvious one. Take the because, obvious one. I feel like because I, I don't want to do this one because I thought, I thought Greg was not going to let me have my moment with the Jets and come in with a bunch of negativity oh, I know and take going. some digs. Oh. And now I, I got to talk about this, uh, the loser being the Patriots mystique factor. And I know, but Dan, it's your last chance to take a dig at Erica before on the Patriots front. It is. So it I just way. want That's you to fine. mark. This, Greg, is, this, this is pretty often on common on draft day. I would say they've had a lot of drafts like this. I just want you to know this is not me. This is not a uh, you know an attack on you on any level. It's just more. Let's discuss some I, NFL it, it, news. It never is. It never is. So we know what happened. <laughs> we know what happened with. Uh, always remember that Erica's final first round pick with this show was Cole Strange, the 29th pick guard out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. And in general, with the Pats, um, this is their last six first-round picks, for the record. Dominique Easley, Malcolm Brown, Who? Isaiah Wynn. Who? Sony Michelle. Who? Nikhil Harry Who? and Mac Jones. That group, there's just one Pro Bowl oh, appearance. Oh, Daddy. One Pro Bowl appearance of that group. It was I mean, Mac you did Jones get about 120 year. yards to win the Super Bowl from Sony Michelle. Never That's take true. that away from them. Very true. Um, so they have not drafted well at the top uh, in several years now. But now Tom Brady's gone, so all this stuff is more vital to hit on these drafts. So Strange is taken, and now cut to Rams House. And I don't know what's going on with the Rams this offseason. I understand. I love I, and I like their offseason. I like that the, the roster feels like it's in good place. And I think they're, you know, obviously uh, still being run in a sound manner. But I think the party is like going on over there. Yeah, they're taking it, lap after lap. You're right. It does, yeah, it does not seem like the things have slowed down since the victory parade. And when Sean McVay <laughs> and Les Need showed up for their end of round one late Thursday night press conference, it wasn't even that late in L.A., um, they were feeling no pain, uh, reported. Listen, I've felt no pain enough in my tell. life. You I feel like you could tell they you were. You just know. Sometimes yeah. you just know. And this is how they found out in real time that Cole Strange, picked by many to be a mid-round pick, was off the board to the Pats in round one. 
Zampi really, oh, really just went. Oh my UT Chattanooga to the first How round. Hey, where is How about that? And we wasted our time watching him thinking he'd be at 104, hey. maybe. <laughs> Listen to the gales wow. of laughter. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, hubris is a dangerous thing, and I, I felt a little uh, hey element of hubris there I'm totally i feel that mark and you know what else i feel i feel sean mcveigh waking up in the morning absolutely you know we've all had those uh, mornings too after a night of drinking and carousing and he <laughs> not you of course and he Never. it was probably he was probably helped along by some pr people he's like you better get out in front of this bro and, <laughs> and kiss the ring Kiss the six rings, or what does Belichick say? He's got nine rings or whatever. Kiss all the rings, and this is what McVeigh said 24 hours later with a headache, most likely. Yeah, what I would add to that is I think, um, you know, I, I wish that it wouldn't have gotten misunderstood. It was more of a reflection of I was actually given less some, you know, a hard time because, yeah, some because when we started watching him, I think we both were in agreement. There's no way he'd be there because we like the player so much. And um, if there's anybody that has more respect for Coach Belichick, what he's done um, than I do, I'd like to see him because I have tremendous respect for this profession, uh, for the players that play at this level. And I would never want it to get misunderstood for Cole Strange or the Patriots organization that um, anything but respect for the player, that was my reaction and, and any misunderstanding was my fault for the way that you know I probably communicated that. But that uh, I do appreciate you saying that, Les. And finally, does anybody have any Advil? He called them too. He called Belichick personally. That is wild. End phone call. I wonder what I Bill it. said. Oh, don't worry about it. Grumble, 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 and then was plotting his death. He's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> don't 13 you remember to, thirteen to three? three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that wasn't even like the low. That wasn't the only moment they got made fun of for either. The rest of their draft was kind of wild. They took. Uh, Taekwon Thornton pretty high, which I was excited because they never draft anyone fast, and he's literally a track star, um, like one of the fastest uh, track guys in the country. He ran a four two six forty. Uh, the last time they did that though was Bethel Johnson in the second round, like a track star in the second mm -hmm. round that didn't work. And then they take like they finally in the third round take the really undersized, uh, versatile cornerback that I was there talking is. about that that they have to take every single year. So. Ricky, before you're out the door here, I do want your State of the Union address on the Patriots. How do you feel about them in 2022 and going forward? I'm really excited. Really, really excited. No, me and Justin were talking at Rock Bottom at a Chili's in the Vegas airport as, as we were leaving Vegas. It's literally like Pinch we spend me. all of our time putting all of our stock into these mock drafters who just think they know which they Ooh. they do but then when our team that we like ride or die for who like spends the time with these players and makes their decisions based on it picks them we like discount what they have to say so i'm going to you know i, I want to eat a little humble pie yeah the patriots are not where they were but i'm gonna look down at my six rings and trust bill well you don't have any of them yeah i do, yeah, I you do. do we you as the multiple Patriots pieces organization oh erica she says we when she talks about her team oh my god <laughs> that's okay. you're not gonna buy one of those strange uh 69 jerseys he he wears 69 you know so yeah no i already have strange, one it's just <laughs> but i didn't i didn't wear it on the shirt on the podcast i have Wait, like so i Mac my daddy is good 
that I'm wearing like, right now. Ricky, so Justin, <laughs> so Justin, and you were um, raining on all other mock drafters. I know Justin like fared very well. Did he? Has he just he slipped was, like, into the Josh in Norris position? Yeah, he thinks know, he's like, hot. Well, hot. Justin's a disruptor. Yeah. Justin yeah. now is going to be the guy that is going to notch double digit uh, mocks every single year, and then talk down on the comp. He's like Elon Musk. He's mm-hmm. Elon Musk of the mock draft community. Yeah, mm. he thinks he's he's like you know big doings. Yeah, I okay. bet his I bet his significant other uh, was more impressed with his exploits than Josh Norris's significant other appeared to be when we asked Josh Norris about mm. getting 16 a year ago. You can tell that J- Graver, uh, he is being adored, I would imagine. Why am I st- wait? <laughs> Whoa, he's on wait. fire. That's fair. <laughs> nice job, Justin. Justin, can you jump out a second? I just have to ask Erica something yeah. privately. So do you think he's going to be good at this? or? I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. No, are you kidding me? He's going to be phenomenal. He's too good. It's it's going to make me look bad, and I, I have a lot of regrets. You know, I shouldn't have trained him <laughs> to the point that I did because now, you know, but next time I'm on the beach in Mexico during free agency and he's texting me with a bunch of help for ATN yep. that week, I'm not going to answer. Uh-huh. No, you're not going to do it. You, I like so that you're you saying, tilted this that you're such a good teacher. That's what that it exactly wasn't his what, natural exactly, skills. And also, exactly you're, what what, if you could have done it again, you would have been what Mark believes Ryan Tannehill will be from Malik Willis, mm. which is just a terrible person that will yeah. rub dirt in his eyes <laughs> yeah, exactly. at his first training camp. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what did Ryan Tannehill do to deserve that, Mark, by the yeah, way? Why do you just assume seems, he's going to be a, a, a wait, dick? I think, when did I say great, that? A great mentor. I, I didn't say that mentor. that he that, that would be the case. I just said that if Ryan Tannehill struggled heavily out of the gate, that the fans with someone like Malik oh, Willis... I thought there was another comment. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I think oh. Ryan Tannehill seems like a, a, a nice individual. Am I crazy, I Greg? A, didn't Mark say something about that? There, were, it, there seemed like some illusion that he wasn't really going to be like helping now Malik Willis. That's what I thought. I thought well, you said I, that. I didn't intend that. I was more saying that the fans are going to be all over him if he struggles. Didn't you say something you know. about rubbing dirt in his eyes in his first training camp practice? And his bottom? <laughs> no, I did not. They are I very did, different I did not too. Say like... about rubbing dirt into his bottom, Erica. Like, you did. Mark I did, and what, I have did, I, did I blank out you, for like three Mark, minutes of this show? Don't f with me. This is my last day, and you don't you don't want to know what I'm going to do with your microphone track. Oh my gosh! You can okay. do whatever you want. You can. I'll, I'll never, I'm just going to be I'll you on rep- the episode. It's just going. You don't listen. It's going to be no. just. I'm going to isolate just you and like rub dirt on his bottom. Rub dirt on his bottom. <laughs> rub dirt on his bottom. <laughs> By the way, the, the Patriots drafted two more running backs. They now have nine running backs. I know. Sure Maybe one of them will. And, and they drafted the next Brian Hoyer, Bailey Zapke. They did have a great draft last year, so um, that's that's given me. Uh, all right. I want to throw out a winner. Nice job, kickers and punters. This I predicted this one. when What happened with um, McPherson in Cincinnati? When they take a fifth-round pick, on Evan McPherson, McFearless, and then he basically helped put Cincinnati into the Super Bowl. You you just had a feeling that the rest of the league was going to take notice and get a little more aggressive in the kicking game. And that's what's happened. We saw, what do we have here? We have some good data on this. First of all, the Browns drafted former LSU kicker Cade York. Let's get in the kickers club. Why not? It's never too early. Browns drafted former LSU kicker Cade York in the fourth round with 124th overall pick on Saturday. The highest the kicker has gone in the draft since 2016. So the Browns are one of those teams like, we're so good. We'll just take a kicker at this point. 
Remember who that 2016 pick was? Roberto Aguayo. The Bucks taken in the second round out of the off that team by a year later. Um, and makes sense uh, for the Browns, who had a lot of issues with their kicking last year. Uh, Greg, you also mentioned. Let's move on now. Let's move out of the kicker club. Let's head on over to the uh, punter's punch bowl mixer, which is a much more toned down affair. Uh, it'll give you a little some pings of uh, nostalgia if you're a boomer. And they, as Greg mentioned, drafted a, a man named Punt God, San Diego State punter Matt Ariza. And uh, that's pretty cool. He won the Ray Guy Award. And the last time a kicker and two punters were taken in the first four rounds of the draft, 1993. So everybody grab a partner, wow. head out to the dance floor, fall in love under the full moon. Turn it up in my headphones, Ricky. There you go. But no, the kicker game, finally, there's an understanding that, that don't ignore it. Everyone's afraid. That's the whole I forgot thing. the Browns were even um, in this draft. Yeah, they were largely invisible. <laughs> it's good to lay low still for the, the Brownies. Yeah, just like come back in 2023 or something. Speaking of feet, Ricky, what about your feet? <laughs> yeah, my feet were probably the biggest loser. Because you had the, the stems 20- out. Yeah. You had the stems out looking good in the dress. Thank on you. Thursday night, uh, but you paid the price. Yeah, I um, decided that I could just walk instead of taking the golf cart ride. And I was like, oh, no, I can do it. But I was so far through the casino where I realized like I should probably bring a change of, of shoes that it would take too long to go back. So I walked the you know 1.3 miles around everything to get to the you know set that we had. And... Uh, I was not in good shape. I'm still not in good shape to the point where there's like a two inch gash in Ooh. my my big toe uh, right now, limping a little bit. It's uh, wow. the puppies are backing. Did you mm. think it was okay or inappropriate when uh, Mark first saw you on Thursday night and said, "Ah, take a look at her gams"? I thought it was perfect. <laughs> well, okay. Good. I thought, I thought it, was, it was. You know, to be serious, I thought it was very brave of you to uh, to to make that walk, Erica. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, everyone was really great. Um, Schneider was, a real, was asking real hero. vendors um, <laughs> so brave. if they sold like flip-flops or anything like that too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thank you to I'm you guys. i that you, you got to say um, the phrase. Uh, and given me your, your shoes or something, but you know, it's cool. It's fine. You should have done the, the drunk girl move. And walked just, barefoot. Just pull the heels and just start yeah. walking on gravel and little glass chunks. Yeah. Wouldn't Pebbles. be the first time. <laughs> I'm just glad right, you got the phrase uh, two-inch gash into your final show. Mm. You want a pick of my feet? You got to pay for it, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Greg will pay. <laughs> Happily. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's do a couple more. We have a couple more things to get to. So uh, you have any speed round? I'll throw out a winner. Uh, I, I meant to almost first. I think this might they might have the best draft, the Chiefs. I, I'm, I'm big on the whole, like, the Chiefs aren't going anywhere uh, corner this year just because you know, they're the Chiefs and they're Patrick Patrick Mahomes. What do you mean? Are, they're not going anywhere like... Like the Bills and the Chiefs to me oh, are remain easily relevant. the, the yes, two gotcha. favorites in the AFC. And and I'm saying the Bills are, but the Chiefs I would put 1-B one, one until proven otherwise. And I don't think they've had that bad in offseason at all. And I think they had a great draft. I think the, the two guys we talked about that they took in the first round, Trent McDuffie, the cornerback, and, and Karloftis, um, the defensive end, Car- Karloftis PFF liked as a top 10 player. Like he's the type of guy who wins his pass rush all the time, kind of like a clowny or a Davenport. Maybe he's not going to get a ton of sacks, but he's just stronger than the guy across from him. And he gets a lot of pressure at pick 30 or uh, that's nice for them. He's going to start right away. McDuffie's going to start for them right away. And then Sky Moore um, really, I think in, help to replenish some of the targets that Tyreek had. You have Valdez Scantlin going deep, but he's not going to be a main factor. Moore's the guy that's going to be getting open quickly on the route, can make plays after the catch. I really liked him. A lot of people thought he might be a first-round pick. He seems like a, a rookie that, even though he got take, taken 55, like I bet his fantasy average draft position will be pretty close in the end to some of those top guys like Garrett Wilson uh, that were drafted, even though Moore was way down there, I think he's going to have all the opportunity in the world. Just felt like they like plugged some nice holes, and I I just feel like we're going to get a replenished Chiefs here this next year. Yeah, I like I like that one. Yeah, they they still have Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid is still at the controls, and they're I think they're maybe just in a little bit of transition now that he has the half billion dollar contract. I know it's not actually half a billion dollars, um, but they have to just change how they do business and. Somebody made this point, and I wish I could give him credit for it, but I'll, I'll share it here, which is one of the things that defined Brady's greatness was he, once he became Brady and became a high-paid, you know, decorated star, what what separates the great quarterbacks is they can win with less and guys that aren't, you know, players can win when they're on the rookie deal, quarterbacks, and then the teams can load up for them and you could win a Super Bowl, but like the true great QBs can do it when there are some more restraints in part, in large part, because of your own salary, because you're a superstar quarterback. That's where the Chiefs and Mahomes, the world they enter now, I tend to believe 
second half of the AFC championship aside that he could be one of those guys. Uh, but that's where we are in his career arc. I think, I think another I just loser. read too much PFF because uh, like their pick at 106, Leo Chanel too, was like their top 40 player. Like the Chiefs kind of just did the run down the PFF big board and picked their guys. So maybe that, maybe I just read too much PFF. I mean, is there a bigger loser in, in continuing fashion of the entire offseason than Baker Mayfield? He comes out of this, not a Panther, and a lot of people thought he'd get traded there on Saturday. And then there's, you know, Ian Rappaport saying that Seattle's interest in Baker Mayfield is, in quotes, lukewarm at best. I mean, they, they seem at this point content to potentially roll into the season with Drew Locke the way that Pete Carroll talked about Drew Locke. He said Geno Smith, Smith is in the lead. No, I mean, I know, but both of them, but I, neither one of them should be. I understand, Greg, your fetish for Geno Smith, but like... No, in it's theory, surprising we've gotten like, to this point. Absolutely. Right, I mean, it's just I, I think also maybe, you know, if you're the Browns, you're a loser attached to that whole situation. You're going to have to pay his contract or part of it to get him out the door. And this might be the kind of thing where you have to wait till training camp when a starter goes down and you try to sell Baker at the highest possible value, which still won't be high. Yeah, I think Baker, I'm with you that... Uh, so much has been said at this point, but he nobody needs a fresh start more in our league than Baker Mayfield right now, and he still doesn't have it now, and now we're outside the draft, and now you have to wonder, are teams waiting for him to be cut? And that's, that's messy as well then, and you wonder who might enter the fray if all of a sudden he doesn't have that salary attached to him in the same way. No one wants yeah. him. The teams are dogging him publicly. The Panthers said once they took Matt Corral that they're not interested in Baker Mayfield. They said it out loud. Malik Willis was on the board when the Seahawks picked at 41 and they took a running back. And I just feel like, yeah, the Seahawks, they're fooling themselves uh, if they think that this is going to work with Drew Locke and Geno. Baker Mayfield just makes too much sense. Both teams, he needs a fresh start. He can go to a Seattle team that's going to be a run-first operation where there's not going to be a ton of pressure on him uh, to be this guy that's throwing the ball constantly. And then Seattle can have a potentially professional uh, playing quarterback, no offense, Greg, or a guy that's had more success than the current options on the roster. It just makes so much sense for that to be the spot. But if it's not, if it's true that they're not really interested, I mean, where does Baker go? Does he? Where does he even end up? I mean, like, it's definitely true because they could have had him. They could have him for like a seventh round pick right now, and and uh, nobody wanted him. And for Ian to put that out, and he made it. He said this thing that well, they like to throw horizontally and vertically. Uh, so right, he's not he a great fit system fee. It just—it was just like a strange thing, and I—I I, I didn't talk to Ian about this, but I did um, have a different sparrow. It's like I think it's come down to Baker's personality. I think you, you were talking about having a professional. I think there's concerns that the adult in the room comment that got out. I think other teams are more concerned about that maybe than just the fact that that he's not a. Great, yeah, I guess uh, I meant starter. more as a, someone who's produced and put numbers right. and put Absolutely. a playoff win on tape and and that. But yeah, certainly he's definitely scared some teams off with elements of his personality. Well, have you, see, have you seen the last these. four games of the uh, Geno Smith 20? Oh, um, no. <laughs> I, I can't believe we're talking about this right now. Do you know who's I, I cannot believe is, it. Is Teddy Bridgewater doesn't get any shine from Rosenthal anymore. It's only it's Just all wait, hey, it's wait all till, Gino all the time. Wait till September when Tua um you know misses a game or two and then suddenly Teddy takes over. Don't worry. Yeah, but you also don't want to be part of that contingent of NFL cognoscenti that um, dogs Tua. So you're kind of caught. You're caught in between. I mean, I'm not afraid of <laughs> Tough two. Situation, Greg. I'm not afraid of two and on. Two is one of those atomic guys. You guys like don't don't be critical of Tua. You'll be told that you're stupid. 
certain guys. Like I feel like I'm middle middle tier on Tua. He's all right. He's all right. Um, all right. If, uh, we're going to move on unless anyone has one more that they feel strongly. Just too quickly. I think the Seahawks had a great draft, and I think Matt Ryan uh, was a winner. Even though the Seahawks didn't take Malik Willis, just the athleticism they took, Charles Croft, uh, Cross, Mafia, I think, profiles really well. Kenneth Walker seems like a really exciting running back. I, I know it's high for a running back, but he seems really exciting. Like, all over the place. They they took Kobe Bryant, uh, the the guy we were – the cornerback from Cincinnati mm-hmm. we were talking about C. the other day. Uh, I just like their whole draft, like super athletes. And I think Matt Ryan, they not only did they not take a quarterback, but their first two picks, they got they took pass catchers out. Pierce from Cincinnati, who's kind of a vertical guy. That was uh, Spice Rack's other uh, guy right yeah. there. That's right. Oh, no, don't keep some uh, bullets in the chamber here, Rosenthal. We got around the AFC in 48 minutes and That's around fair. the NFC in 48 That's minutes coming got. up this week. I just thought those were those were more winners. Did day. you see what uh, Jim Irsay said, that he thinks that Matt Ryan can play up to four more years? I don't know if I'm seeing that on when I watch the I, tape. I don't but... know if I'm seeing that either. But he probably just right. wants not a revolving door every offseason. I would imagine you're right about that. Let's check in with the great... Nick Fortier. Oh, what a weapon he is. Running gogetmylunch.org. We did our draft picks. uh, Excuse me, our draft props. And let's quickly spin through them. Mark, empty-handed in terms of predictions. You had, during the draft, DK Metcalf is traded, but Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown aren't. Uh, Dan and Greg took you up on that. Uh, let's see what else saints make three first round selections. I think they stayed at two. They uh, did trade up, they did. but they stayed at yeah. two. <laughs> a draftable player goes missing during the draft. Sorry to report Mark that, uh, nobody fell into any level of peril or concern, but we don't know that. We don't know that for well, sure. Not yet, but, but not, right now, Nick reported. has it as a loss. Right. If something comes out in the next, let's well, how much window do you want to give him on this one? Greg 72 hours. No, it said during the draft. Yeah, you don't. I don't. I, I'm willing to take the L on that. I'm well, not the really family might be for... keeping it quiet. Like, let's ima- let's say sure. here we've kidnapped uh, an offensive guard out of uh, Rutgers. Um, don't say anything to the media or he gets it. And that's why we haven't heard yet. You know what I mean? I mean unless just... Mark's going to log on to tacosporfavor.com and send me something in the next day or two. Um, I think we can just put it as an L and in the horrible instance that uh, someone is missing in the end, we can we can flip it at that point. Right. right? And, and Nick is ultimately the judge here. He's got it as an L. So you're three and eight for the draft. Mark, Greg, you finished four and five. You had Trayvon Walker isn't the number one overall pick. Indeed, Dumb. he was. Uh, you had over six <laughs> wide receivers are drafted in the first round. If number is exactly six, prop is a push. I don't know why we even gave that to you. That felt like a bit of a cop-out, but uh, we did. We were feeling generous, and it ended up being six and a push. Six out of the first 18. Uh, and then the Packers, who we, who we didn't mention, trade, traded up for Christian Watson at 35. So that was the next closest. And, and right. supposedly there was some talk. They, they had some talk of maybe trying to trade back into the first round. It didn't happen. They gave up two twos, by the way, for Christian Watson. From North Dakota State. A lot of right. pressure on that young man. Well, also, well, he's also entering a pretty nice spot, too. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, who probably also made a call himself uh, to Goody and company, said, if you don't draft a wide receiver <laughs> next, I will literally retire. <laughs> oh, thank God he did. I will make your summer so miserable you have no idea. Give me Christian Watson. You also had Titans draft Desmond Ritter. Ooh, 
a double here, uh, as we know. T- Titans draft Desmond Ritter. Uh, Dan and Mark win that one because they did not. They drafted Malik Willis in the first round. As we know, only one quarterback went in the first round, and it was Kenny Pickett. You didn't so take you finished- me on it, though. Didn't take on that one. We only picked up two on you. So four and five. And then finally, the Zeus are eight and two. And Greggy. Wow. And eight and two. Does that move me into the overall first place? I don't know. It might be right there. We're pretty close. I had Jets draft Sauce Gardner in the top 10. They took him four overall. So nailed that one. Had Bills draft a defensive player in first round. Just got Mark on that one. Uh, I also had Chiefs trade up within the first round to draft a wide receiver. I lost two sandwiches there. Uh, and then I, uh, I cleaned up on my uh, guesses against you guys. So eight and two, Ooh. that will play. I, I don't know if he's updated the overall standing, so it's it's hard for me to say. But yeah, you you might have passed me here. We're, we're would, neck would... and neck after four after over four hundred props. We are within like a game or two, Dan. <laughs> you know, Dan. It's Saturday night. I would roll into an LA area um, club a 21 and over club and just start telling people that you went eight and two in the sandwich contest oh, uh, during the draft here. I think you just, you're going to be mowing people down. They're going to be turning into liquid. I'm just going to, and this is always a fun thing. I've done it before. I'm just going to pull out a few f- past props at will. Kevin danger hands us. My brother was on the show once and said, Tony Romo plays for the Bengals in 2017. <laughs> Anybody remember that? No, but I like that. Uh, let's find an old, Let's see. NFL game pass length of Buccaneers versus Rams, 43 minutes. It's <laughs> an odd one. Uh, let's see. J.J. Watt will share a pic of his younger self and brother with a cheesy caption when TJ is drafted. <laughs> and he did. That's that's green highlighted. So apparently there he was did some good that. brother uh, drafting, though. Cameron Hayward's brother got drafted by the Steelers, who now have four sets of brothers on the Steelers, the Watts, the Edmondses, the Davises, who I wasn't aware of, and uh, and the Haywards. It's pretty. I wild. like that. It's um, it's heartwarming. It also feels like the start of like a religious cult in Pittsburgh. I'm not sure what the the game plan there is. And the, here's one more because this just goes to show you what a roller coaster uh, Browns fandom has been in the last ten years or so. The Cleveland Cavs will win three games before the Browns, and of course. NBA season start in November. So mm. the and the Cavs did win that one. The, mm. Is that the year the Browns won like oh and sixteen? This I looks think. like it's 2015. I, okay. I know we we're past everything, but it did occur to me there were, you know we 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 were in the national news. At least, well, I guess really just one of us was in the national news this last week. So it does it does remind me um of another winner. Um, from this last week, I, I guess I think Skip Bayless was was kind of a, a winner. Ricky, Ooh. let's hear it. Now, according to one mock draft from NFL Network, it's quote a lock that Baker heads to the Seattle Seahawks in exchange for a fourth rounder. Shannon, you've been oh. predicting Baker would be traded right around the draft, mm-hmm. so jump in here. What do you think happens now? Well, I, I think that's going to be the time, but I'll believe it when I see it, Skip. Um, but it's not a bad deal. I don't trust any of this. I, I don't, and I'm not discounting the NFL Network report. I don't believe any of it. Oh, okay. And I, I also hey, think Skip, this he, league he's, is, he's of all the leagues, the worst victim of what I call sheep think. Oh, <laughs> God. What a nightmare. <laughs> First of all, I put no time element on that, so I may have my day. 
I, I may have my revenge. Hey, that, hey, that's why Skip Bayless is making more than your starting tight end. You know, insights like that. I, you know, Mark, I have a lot of faith uh, in you, and like I said, you are a major part of the brand. As we're trying to get off the ground in this uh, mock draft game, a five of thirty-two, and then a very public dust up with Skip Bayless, in which Skip prevails. The brand took a hit in 2022. It's, um, yeah, it doesn't I, I mean it's over, but it took a hit. Uh, it's close to over. I mean, I'm not sure that there's a whole lot. Of, <laughs> if you're a fan base, there's not a whole lot of um, optimism to go forward, especially when you know our producer doubled my um, correct hits, and you know, apparently last year had 11, which went you know undersold media-wise. So, what am I doing here? Like that's it's <laughs> a fair question. You know that like same thing with a uh, grave digger in his personal life. Like he he's got a little sneaky bravado, and then it just like whoop, there it is. Oh yeah, like, actually, yeah, what about eleven that. last year? Or you can sense that anytime we ask him about you know the thing that we're not allowed to talk about, he always gives a little extra info that shows yes. that things are cooking with grease. Right, that he's Thirst actually mixed proud of with it. It's like oh no, don't don't bring up um, this uh, story of this torrid affair of this, with this hot, hot babe. woman. Yeah, like oh, don't bring that up. Too oh, sensitive. the older hot babe that uh, you know <laughs> loves me more than her husband. Don't want to talk about that. Not <laughs> on this show, Justin. Are you sure you want to take over for Ricky, knowing that just the scrutiny of everything in your life is only it's going to just double yeah. down, and then you got the fan base that's going to want to know more and more and more. You're you're going to be like Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter getting too much attention. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, Buddy, we're sorry, we're Falcons excited. fans. We didn't even. I, you had a great draft too. We didn't even talk about Ritter going there. I think. I think that was nice. It was a nice pick. Nice pick by the. Um. All right. You know what else was a nice pick? Ricky Hollywood, as our producer. Five years. Wow. How many shows, Ricky? Just make up a number. I feel like 2,084. 2,084 shows <laughs> over five years. Yeah. So many great memories. Um, Wait, man. Literally was talking about it with Jet last night. We went to London for the first time and went multiple times. I We have gone through losses together. We got around the NFL on the network show from Pick'em and to giving you guys – and that has nothing to do with me. It has all to do with your guys' talent, and and that speaks for itself. But just like where we all have been and especially me in the last five years like alongside you guys is when i was actually sitting down and looking over everything that we have accomplished together like it has been nothing short of amazing and i am so proud of you that i can't even put it into words and it has been such a blessing just to like be in like remotely near your orbit oh well, Ricky, we're the lucky ones. You've been you added such an interesting element to the show and a, a new voice, and um, you know, really proud of you how you opened up about your personal life and and how that helps other people um, uh, be themselves and not be afraid to to show um, that side of things. And in addition to being funny and talented, and we know you're gonna soar. Um, going forward without us. So we wanted to share with you a little thing that Sean Kelly helped put together behind the scenes of our time with you. Ricky Hollywood, Gravedigger, hit it. Okay, you watched The Bachelor, but that wasn't enough. Now you need The Bachelor cast off with Cousin Oliver. 
Wes, get off your high horse. I just finished a big book and oh my I gosh. jazz yesterday. I listened to jazz while I played cards. And if I want to literally relax with a glass of wine and watch some stupid TV, you can <laughs> shove it right where the sun don't shine. <laughs> I love it. What? What's been rendered silent? I mean, what are you going to do? You can't help people who won't help themselves. Oh my God. I'll destroy you. Hey guys, Ricky Hollywood here and Mark Sessler. Oh yeah, we're going to do a competition called the Chubby Bunny competition where we shove marshmallows in our mouth. But instead of saying Chubby Bunny, we are going to say players that are in championship weekend that are playing. Okay. <laughs> no, it's getting serious. <laughs> getting full. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> what? <Okay. laughs> what did you just say? The, you, Justin? In a room with Justin Timberlake, one question, moderate clout. Are you willing to work? I will do anything. I'm really thankful to you guys for giving me this, you know, sense of responsibility. Right before the show, Greg asked me to drag in a refrigerator for him. So uh, <laughs> things are going well over here. We're live, baby. Yeah. Um, we have 169 nice watching us right now. Say hey, hi, buddy. Ricky Hollywood. Hi, Ricky Hollywood. So, do you feel bad that you're in a Jets jersey, or are you excited? <laughs> I'm excited. You are, and you just because you love your daddy so much, you just want his team to win. Yeah. Are the Jets your favorite team? Really? <laughs> why? So, why are the Jets your favorite? Because they play good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he obviously isn't watching many games. All right. Yeah, say bye. Good. Say bye, Ricky Hollywood. Bye, Ricky Hollywood. Bye. Thank you. Okay, well, that was the insight that I felt that we were missing. But before we do that, give me your best Chewbacca oh, impersonation, God. Mark. I need it. <laughs> no, that was terrible. I don't do it. I don't, I don't have a top. Chewbacca impression. Uh, the recrimination compilation album that was 2008. <laughs> Man of the Woods 2018. 2006, you fool! <laughs> Future Sex Love Sounds 2006. 2020 Experience 2013. Go. Hi. Why did I wink inside I don't know. <laughs> there was a wink beneath those glasses. The Gurdic gun. This whole month is about me. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we're even doing this episode makes me want to, I feel teary right now. It's like, I am so supported by you guys, and we are such an incredible family when my family is so far away, and there isn't anything that I wouldn't do for you guys, and it's clear that you guys feel the same way because we're all here, and I love you guys very much. Oh, Ricky! When Ricky gets emotional, it makes me get emotional, I know. and I love her so much. <laughs> mm, there you go. That, that was from, of course, the Pride cast uh, <laughs> that we did last June. And j that's just another, you know, Erica always had such great ideas and kind of uh, opened our minds to doing things differently. And uh, us sitting in the middle of West Hollywood uh, celebrating the kickoff of Pride Month, uh, you know, that kind of says it all as well. We love you, Erica. Love you, Erica. Love you guys. Yeah, like we, our show will never be the same without you. So I hope, if anything, you you agree to come back for maybe a lot of money to guest <laughs> once in a while, at least show your face. We must yeah, see it. Yeah, I, I was I was not expecting that. <laughs> we love it. And uh, you should know, Sean Kelly 
put that together and put a lot of work into it. He's yeah. so great behind the scenes. And I, now I'm going to ask him to do one more thing starting immediately after this show is get out the chisels because Erica Tamposi is going up on producer Mount Rushmore with special circumstance. I mean, what does she Ooh. get? What, which one do we want to give her? I've been up there. <laughs> She's well, in the like, process of removing the other faces. That's yeah, we gotta we gotta let Sean know about it soon. It's a long drive to South Dakota, um, where it is where he's gonna be. His summer is gonna be his summer is suddenly months. booked. <laughs> but you're right, Ricky. We knew that you were a, a Mount Rushmore producer uh, within uh, weeks of you starting with us, and uh, we've been l- very lucky to have you. And uh, can't wait to see what happens next in your career because you're talented as hell and also a great person so thank you for all the years of service to this podcast and like mark said it's not going to be the same without you but we have so many years uh and uh of memories that we share together and if wes was here he would say something very kind as well and you were with us during that extremely difficult period in the show's history and we all that's a bond that also will hold us together forever and you were awesome during that time as well. So I got some awesome texts from some of the Wesling brothers. And it's been, you know, I'm scared of this time right now. If I really am without you guys, like right next to me, it's it's a lot. Um, but without your support, like everyone involved, like I just feel, you know, supported, I guess. We're still record. next to you. Still next to you, still support you, and can't wait to see where We're you like go next. We're like just downstairs. Ricky. Just walk by the uh, the Chris Wesseling podcast studio. <laughs> we'll All right, that that wraps up. Yes, the end of an era. Uh, wraps up this show. Wraps up our draft coverage. Thank you. Obviously, we uh, rolled out a big week of shows this week. We were in two different major American cities in the last two episodes. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the content. We're going to keep rolling. Like I said, uh, uh, coming up now, Justin's going to step in and. Uh, for Ricky behind the glass and we're excited for Justin because we know uh, he's going to do great in in the job so that's a new era for the show we're going to do our around the AFC and NFC next week with some special guests Uh, so make sure you tune in for that and uh, yes signing off one more time for uh, Quiet Storm the old boss and yes Ricky Hollywood we love you girl come come back and visit promise always All right, great we love you Ricky until Tuesday Heed the call. Fuck you guys for doing that to me. <laughs> that was good. Oh, uh, that was great. We, that was, that was um, a lot of great memories. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 